welcome to the Vine Church. We look forward to experiencing community with you. If you'd like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at thevinegoshen.org. Enjoy the message. Good morning, once again. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry about that. You got your head taken off right away there, so... We're all awake. We're all vibrant and alive now. Um, Good morning, everyone. My name is Jordan. I'm one of our pastors here. Before I get into our talk for today and our conversation we're going to have, I want to throw out a quick piece of information that is important because it involves fireworks, okay? Tomorrow night, just so you know, and am I I correct in this? Have we fact-checked this yet? Is it tomorrow? Tomorrow night at Black Squirrel Golf Course, we are going out to watch fireworks. So there's going to be opportunity that's going to be happening in the community. And so we wanted to make that, make you aware of that, that if you want to go and see fireworks, there's a group of people from the vine that is going to be out at Black Squirrel Golf Course. I believe it's at 10 PM um, and they're doing a fireworks show. So it's going to be awesome. Just wanted to make you aware of that. So it doesn't happen and go by without you knowing that it did. So what I want to do is this, I'm going to pray And we're going to get right into our topic for today. We're in a series right now called How It Works. And basically the idea behind this series is we're taking some big ticket items of the faith, things that we're going to come face to face with as followers of Jesus and as people who are are a part of, of, of life as the church of Jesus today. And we want to just talk about ground level. How does this stuff work? How do we walk this stuff out? So I'm going to pray. And we're going to get right into it today, okay? So, Lord, thank you for this, the gathering of your church, of your people. This is, a, this is an opportunity for us to step in and be encouraged by your Holy Spirit. This is an opportunity for us to step in and be active in the spiritual kingdom of God. And so we just thank you for this family of people that we get to live life with. Um, let us be encouraged in your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today, we're going to talk about the concept, um, and it might sound kind of funky that I'm bringing this up in a message, but it's really important. We're going to talk about the concept of leadership within the church body, okay? So we here are an organized group of Christians, okay? So we get together in an organized manner on Sundays and during the week, and there's, there's systems and initiatives that take place in order for us, the body of Christ, to do ministry throughout the week. And within that, sometimes there's this question of what is the role of the church leader and what is the role of the people within the church body? And so what I want to do today is talk about this, and here's a question that we are going to answer today. What can I expect from church leadership? And we're not going to look at this through what does Jordan say you should expect or what did Jordan and Travis meet about and say you should expect. This is what the Bible says. When we look at scripture, when we look at our heritage, the early and ancient church, what was the role of church leadership? And and what, what can we expect from leaders within the church body? What's a healthy expectation? Okay, so... I want to talk about this because it's super, super important. Um, And to do this, to explain this well, we're going to rewind time, and we're going to go back to Jordan's ninth grade year in high school. I do a lot of examples from high school. I was an idiot in high school. So I've provided you with many life lessons and things that I've learned. But anyways, when I was in ninth grade, my dad, he 
wanted me to do something other than just sit at home and play video games. And so he strongly encouraged me to join the football team. In fact, I I did this by choice. He didn't force me to do this, but he said, you should do that. So I joined the football team. All 140 pounds, five foot 10 of me joined the football team (laughs) in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where the average football player weighed like 250 pounds and ate steak for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, okay? And so I joined this football team, and I wanna tell you something, I learned a ton about football because I spent a ton of time observing football (laughs) from the sidelines. And as I was watching on the sidelines, my ninth grade year in football, there were some things about the sport that I really appreciated and that I got to see Firsthand, you know, I, w- I wasn't caught, in, you know, in the in the trenches doing it. I got to watch. So, a couple of things I, I, I witnessed about the sport of football. There's a concept in football, and this thing that happens very often, um, called the huddle. Okay, the team is out on the field. And they're, they're, they're playing and they're sweating and they're, they're hitting each other and they're tired. And there's a timeout call and the coach says, get over here, get over here. In Oklahoma, there's some obscenities involved in that, but get over here, get in the circle. So they circle up and in the huddle, here's what happens. The coach is there, the quarterback's there, the players, the, the rest of the team, the running back, the receivers, the offensive line. And we're you know, in the huddle, I'm not in the huddle, they're in the huddle. And they're in the huddle. And here's what happens in the huddle. The coach challenges and encourages the team. Here's what he does. He says, hey, you guys are doing good. Keep pushing. I know you're tired. I know you're tired. But look at that defensive line. They're fat and weak. Okay, you can beat them. You can beat those guys. And he's encouraging the team. He's encouraging the good things that are happening, stirring up the natural things he sees. This is good. Keep keep that going. Then, my little loud guys, I think I just boosted like 10 decibels in volume. But then another thing the coach does in the, in, in the huddle is he, the coach challenges the team. And the coach says, hey, I saw you picking your nose before the ball was snapped over there. Get your head in the game. You've got more in you than what you're showing on the field right now. And so in the huddle, the coach encourages the team. And then something happens. They break break and they walk out on the field I don't walk out on the field the players walk out on the field and when that happens the quarterback takes leadership on the field here's here's what happens once the players get on the field they line up they get ready for the play the quarterback is eyeing the defense and he's looking for formation shifts that could potentially show a weakness in the offense and he's going to call some audibles. He's going to shift some things. Then the ball is snapped. The quarterback is the first one to touch the ball. He grabs the ball. He protects the ball and he's looking for who's open. Who can I get this ball to? Because here's the deal. If the quarterback holds the ball the whole time, it's not going to go very far. The, 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 The defense is going to figure it out pretty quick Oh, just hit that guy. Just break through and hit him. He's not getting rid of the ball. The quarterback's role is to get the ball in the hands of something, somebody else. So the team expects when the ball is snapped, I better have my head in the game and be looking because it could be coming to me. And so the team breaks open, they get open and they're ready. 
They receive the ball, the team moves forward down the field. Here's what I watched and observed in football. When there is a healthy expectation of the team on the field of the quarterback, when the team understands, here's what we're here to do. We're gonna move this ball down the field. We wanna see forward movement. We wanna see more points. And when there's a healthy expectation of, hey, I'm not just here to look pretty, I'm here to get open because that quarterback is gonna get me the ball if he's doing his job. It works beautifully. Now, when the team isn't in sync, and when they're thinking this play is happening, when the quarterback said, no, 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 this play's happening, this is your play, I'm getting it to you, get open. When there's a lack of, when there's a lack of expectancy and an unhealthy expectation of the quarterback, the team falls apart and doesn't move very far. And here's the deal, here's why we wanna answer this question today. What can I expect from church leadership? Here's why we need to answer this. Because when this is healthy, when what we're doing here is healthy, and when we have a healthy expectation of this is what I can expect from the shepherds over this group of people, and this is what they expect from me, and this is what the Bible and the gospel requires of us as a team, when this is healthy, this is beautifully effective. And we grab the ball of the gospel of Jesus, and we can move this sucker down the field, in a, and nothing can stop it. Watch history. They could kill them. They could burn them alive. They could feed them to lions. But this ball hit the end zone more times than the enemy could ever stop. And the reason was because the church was in sync. So here's what I want to do. I want to start, before we start talking about what we expect from church leadership, I want to look at what we're actually supposed to do. Because if you get a quarterback on the field or a team on the field in a football game and nobody really knows what the goal of the sport is, it's gonna be, it's gonna be like my kids' t-ball league I just watched this summer, okay? It, it's funny, it's a little dysfunctional, there's a lot of dirt throwing, um, but nothing really happens. And it's funny, but it's sad because if we don't figure this out, this will be the state of the church. So, Bibles, let's open them. We're gonna open them to Acts 2, 42 through 47. We want to see not just what a current good modern strategy is for church growth or for effectiveness and community outreach. I want to look at the ancient church that was planted out of the empowering of the Holy Spirit from Jesus himself that started in one of the hardest times to start a church in history. This is what our forefathers in the faith did. Okay, Acts 2, 42 through 47. I'm gonna set this up as you're turning there. In the book of Acts, Acts chapter one, Jesus ascends to heaven. He raises from the dead, pretty cool. Then he rallies a group of people and the dude just goes to heaven, floats up there and they're like, okay, what's next? But Jesus said, here's what's gonna happen. I'm going to leave. The Holy Spirit is going to descend upon you and you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and what will you do? You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and the other parts of the earth. That day, Jesus ascends, the Holy Spirit um, descends later on on the day of Pentecost. And in the, later in Acts chapter two, a man named Peter stands up and he says, 
Here's how it is, guys. This is Jesus. This is who he was. This is what he wants to do. So repent and let's, let's get this thing moving. Let's move this ball forward. The Bible says 3,000 people came to Christ that day. That is our heritage. That was day one. Now, this is what they did. They didn't just receive and like, wow, awesome. Well, going fishing, I'll see you later. No, they did something. They did something together. And they, verse 42, the church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. What this means is they devoted themselves, yes, to coming and hearing and being taught, but devotion requires listening with the heart and acting with the hands, okay? They were devoted in their hearts and in their lives to the teachings of Jesus and to the fellowship. They devoted themselves to breaking bread together and praying for each other. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. The first thing we see about our heritage I'm going to keep calling it that because that's us. They were active. So first thing we see about the early church is the church was intended not to receive the gospel and sit on it, but to grab the ball and run with it. The church is healthiest when the church is active. The last verse in this, in verse 47, it says this. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And what's that last statement? And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Here's what our heritage shows us. The church was intended to be an active people. The church was intended to grow. The church was intended to grow. I want to speak into something just for a second. I've heard this a lot, and this is not a, this isn't always a horrible, evil thing, but I've heard a lot before, man, I wanted to come somewhere where I could know everybody's name. There were 3,000 of them, and I, I don't know, they even they didn't have iPhones back then to track contacts, okay? So they, they didn't know everybody then. This wasn't a community of all, a bunch of best friends. This was 3,000 people who were stirred by the gospel message and moving forward. So here's the deal. It is a good thing when the church gets bigger. And I'm not just talking numbers. I'm talking about more people hearing about Jesus, more people rolling up their sleeves, taking off the referee jersey, putting on a number and saying, I'm getting in the game. It's better when the church, the active body of Christ carrying the ball gets bigger. So what, was our, what does our heritage show us in Acts 2, 42 through 47? A healthy church is an active church that is growing. That's, that was God's intention for his people. So what happens is this. In order for things to move forward, God set in place men and women as leaders within the early church movement to keep and maintain the health of the church body throughout the world. Men and women set in place to initiate the play, get the ball in people's hands, 
and protect it and make sure, are we still active and are we still growing? Because if we're not, what do we need to do? There's leaders in place. God set church leaders, men and women, in in leadership positions within the church. And so I want to read two passages today that talk about the role of leaders within the church. We're going to talk about what to expect from them, and we're actually going to get right into our context today at the Vine, like what you can expect from our leaders, from our staff, from me, from Pastor Travis, what you can expect from us. But right now, I just want to talk about what's the biblical model of what the role of a spiritual leader within the church body is. And to do this, we're going to look at 1 Peter 5. This is a passage that we, we teach in our internship about what spiritual leader looks like. And it says this, in 1 Peter 5, 2 through 4, this is Peter. He's writing to a group of people who are leaders within the church movement. And he says this to them, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, not like, I've got to be here. I've got to hang out with these people again. Not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have, have you. Not for shameful gain, but eagerly. I have to do this. I've got to do this. Not domineering uh, over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd, Jesus, appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. And so this is what Peter defines leadership and spiritual leadership as. A group of men or women who are to care for the flock of God. And the first thing that we talk about when we talk about this passage is It's not my people. It's not my flock. It's not Travis's flock. We shepherd the flock of God. A spiritual leader knows I am here to take care of and steward what has been placed in my care. We are sub-shepherds to what Peter calls the great shepherd, that is Jesus. We are there to not lord over, but to lead by example. Leaders in the the church should be on the field with jerseys on. We're not, in in my little funny football example where Jordan was on the sidelines watching, you know, it kind of hurts to talk about, but (laughs) the pastor in this situation isn't the coach. That's the Holy Spirit. The quarterback's on the, the pastor's on the field. He's on the field with a team. And so it says, lead by example. Okay, another passage in Ephesians says this, and this is Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. It actually might be John. I'm gonna, you can fact check me on that later, but there's a, multiple people who had their hands in the church at Ephesus. But it says this, and he being God, he gave to the church, he gave apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the, the shepherds and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of, of the ministry for building up the body of Christ. So the men and women in leadership within the church body, the role is this, to care for God's flock, to lead by example, and to equip the church for ministry. That's what we do. And then we build up the church. We encourage the church. Now, I'm gonna turn a corner here and we're gonna start start talking about your expectation of church leadership. And before I get into 
the points and the poems and the things I'm going to say that are going to get this point across. I want to talk about this. It is so important for us to have a healthy expectation of our church leaders. And here's why. A couple things can happen if our expectation is unhealthy. The first thing is this, is we can pre-disqualify ourselves from church leadership when we don't look at what church leadership is appropriately. Our heritage says, Acts 2, 42 through 47 says that the early church was active. What this means is I had a football coach and our quarterback was our team captain. He was, I kind of hated that guy. He was annoying because, you know, I was always getting yelled at because I was on the sidelines. But he, as the team captain, the quarterback was constantly encouraging us to lead on the field. And so one of the things that we need to understand as, as, as people of the body of Christ is joining the church family through Jesus is not a recipient position alone. At no time are we excused to push ourselves away from the table and say, uh, I'm here because I just need this right now they're the ones leading the charge and doing the stuff. That's not what we're called to do. Now there's times for, there's times for resting and receiving and rebuilding and getting healthy. And I never want to, to uh, put a rug over that, but, but the, our heritage says the church was active. So we have to have a healthy expectation of leadership because we don't want to pre-disqualify ourselves. I look around the room today and what I see is, I don't know how many are in this room, probably 150 people, Leaders, you're leaders. This belongs to you. Run. Run with it. The second thing can happen if we have an unhealthy expectation of our leaders is this, is we can place an expectation on human men and women that they were never meant to carry. If we don't have a biblical and healthy expectation of what does a church leader do and what is their responsibility towards me and towards our community, what we can do is we can place unhealthy, unrealistic expectations on human beings that they were never meant to carry and it will lead us to disappointments we were never meant to have, which can lead to bitterness that we were never meant to experience. And in the worst cases, I've seen it lead to a a disillusionment towards the faith that isn't supposed to be there in the hearts of some because of it all started with, I looked at them for this and Jesus was meant to give me that, not them. We have to have a healthy expectation. So let's talk about this. Here's our question again. What can I expect from church leadership? We're gonna talk about this and I wanna give a caveat. Let's keep this question on the screen just for a second. In the book of First Timothy, I don't have time to run through all of this today because there's a lot of things the scripture says about what a spiritual leader is, what a church leader is. I want you to write down 1 Timothy. There is a section that's basically titled Qualifications of an Overseer. This is talking about character. We're gonna mark that as an understood expectation, okay? I'm not gonna talk about character issues today because there's some important things I really feel like I need to get across. But I want you to understand this. You can expect character from us. You should. And 
we're all leaders in the room. So we should all step up to the plate of character as well. We should all be in that role and run with that ball, okay? But write that down, read that, and know this is something that spiritual leaders need to strive for and need to take very seriously. But we're, we're going to talk about some other areas today. Today, I want to read a passage that has really formed a lot of, I think it's just a great leadership concept, but it's really formed and I think it served as a catalyst for a lot of really big forward movement and passing of the baton in churches and, and, and spiritual leadership. It's in First Timothy, or sorry, Second Timothy 2 through 4. And this is written by a man named Paul. And Paul is writing to his, a guy he's mentoring. He's been mentoring for some time. Paul is probably nearing, he's in prison at this time, nearing the end of his life. And he's kind of like, I'm gonna get it all out to you, Timothy, so you can run with this thing because I think my time of running with it is over. It's actually a pretty heavy book in the Bible. But he says this in chapter two of 2 Timothy. He's writing to the guy he's mentoring who's a leader within the church body. And remember, I just think this is so important. I don't mean to ramble on, but it's just so important for us to understand. Like, think about these people. There's a man named Jesus and his life is so impactful that these thousands of people now are convinced that he is God. And the rest of the world thinks they're evil because of it. And they're getting picked off. They're getting killed. They're being chased down. This is not a popular idea. And so Paul is in prison and he's writing with this, this passionate letter of just keep it going, man. What we're doing is important. What we're doing is so important. Don't quit now. Don't stop. I know it's hard. I know they're trying to kill you. And this is what he says to Timothy. And so I want these words to carry weight because it can just sound like a nice uh, Sunday school lesson if we don't look at it this way. Paul, a man imprisoned for his faith, writes to Timothy, a man probably under fire for his faith in his area. And he says, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. First off, he writes to him, be strengthened, take courage, own this and let it encourage you that you're carrying the eternal ball of the gospel and it's a big deal. So know that what you are holding, what you were talking about, the, the baton that you're running into cities with and trying to pass off to people, it's a very important thing to do. So be strengthened in your work. Then he says, and what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to reach others also. This is Paul's instruction to Timothy. It's not the only one like this. I didn't have time to go through and write all the other things because we would be here, you know, until next week's lunch. But I, there's so many moments in Paul's writing to Timothy where he puts an emphasis on be strong in the gospel, but get this ball into as many people's hands as you possibly can. Pass this on. Get this to them. And don't just get it to them. Get it to faithful people who will take this and not sit on it, but they'll take it and they'll give it to someone else. 
Because that's how the first church, that's how our heritage led to our current context. Because it didn't stop getting passed on and on and on. This is what it was meant to do. Three things you can expect from your church leaders. The first thing is this, is you can expect from us to initiate the play. To be strong and grab the ball and be the first one to carry it. First Peter says, lead by example. On the field, the quarterback, the ball is hiked. He's the first one to touch it. He's the first one to protect it. He's the first one to be thinking, okay, we got to get this down the field. But he's not on the sidelines saying, get the ball down the field. Hey, don't, don't drop it. Oh, you fumbled again. Don't No, he's on the field. He is at risk of being hit just as much as anybody else. He's in the trenches. He's sweating. What you need to expect, what you should expect, and what you can expect from your church leadership is as church leaders, we will initiate the play. We're going to get on the field wearing a jersey. And if we feel like the Lord's doing something and leading us somewhere, we're going to be the first ones to grab the ball. And we'll take hits just as much as anybody else. We have skin in the game just as much as anybody else. We're going to do this. I want to give an example about this. It's kind of a cool deal. Last year, in the, I think it was beginning of summer, we were thinking about um, one of our ministries here at the church. And we were like, man, we really want to revitalize this and kind of figure out how can we... How, how can we change this and morph this? It's good now, but we, we see that there's some things that could really uh, improve later on down the road and set us up to scale. And as we were meeting about this, we felt very strongly about the decision. But as we were meeting, Travis said in the meeting, he said, well, here's the deal. How about this? How about me and Jenica, we'll host the first round of this new thing at our home. And what happened is, is Travis and Jenica, as we were looking at our small group ministry and where we could go with this thing and what we could do with it, he said, instead of saying, okay, yeah, we need to change some stuff. So I'm going to write down a list of things and I'm going to get it to our small group people and just say, go ahead and run with that. He said, no, I'm going to initiate the play. We're going to get onto the field in this area and see how it feels. And so now he's boots on the ground. They're carrying the ball first now, but he didn't just initiate the play. There was, there was some strategy in this because now that we've experienced it, now that we know, now we've got a group of people around this ministry, we started realizing, oh, there's two or three people who aren't just attending this thing. They're, they might be called to carry some of this. And that's what leads me to the second thing. So the first thing you can expect Church leadership, you should expect church leadership to initiate the play. But the second thing you can expect is you need to expect that the ball might be coming to you. The role of a church leader is to, what did Peter say? Not Jordan. I'm going to hide behind the Bible here, okay? <laughs> I think Peter said, let me look real quick. He said for the lead by example. And then, and then Paul follows up in Ephesians and says, your role is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. The second thing a, a good church leader does 
is equips the saints, equips the people within the church to do the work of the ministry. Um, We have a tradition at my home. On Thanksgiving, my dad comes over, my brother, when he's in town, and we do a thing called Turkey Bowl, okay? And it's Madden NFL on the Xbox, and we do a tournament on Thanksgiving Day, all Thanksgiving Day. My dad's the only athlete in our family. Uh, The rest of us are terrible strategist when it comes to the game of football. And one of the things that I love to do, because it's just funny, okay? I will run QB sneak every play. Every time. Ball is hiked, quarterback grabs the ball. I don't know the players. I don't know who's fast. I don't know who can take a hit, who can't. Quarterback tucks the ball and runs. Every time. Needless to say, I have not won very many turkey bowl tournaments. But here's the deal, not just in Madden, but in the ball we're carrying of the gospel, the quarterback sneak is not always the best move. It's not the answer for everything. And there's many times where I've kind of come up against a hard line of defense as a leader within church, and I I don't know any church leader who hasn't, where we've been like running against a wall And we realize maybe I'm not supposed to be carrying this one. Maybe there's somebody who's open. And I remember in football, there's many times where a coach would, again, I didn't, he never said this to me, but he said this to the other players. There were times when our coach would go and he would grab one of the receivers and say, hey, next play, get open. This one's yours. Throw him out on the field because it was Oklahoma and everybody's rude. But... (laughs) throws him out on the field. But then what he does is this, is he grabs the quarterback and says, hey, I told him, this one's his. I've been watching him. I know what's going on. I've seen this from the side. He's, they're going to leave him open next play. And what happens in the church is this, is there are times, and I'm going to hopefully speak into maybe what's going on in some of your guys' hearts and lives right now. Has the Holy Spirit, our coach, been talking to you? And as he said, get open, get open. Because there's a ball you're supposed to carry coming up. Get ready, be be looking out because there's a ball coming to you. And one of the roles of a leader is to hear the voice of the coach. And there are times also when we'll say, I think this guy's open. I think she's gonna be open for this. Our role as church leaders is to equip for the work of the ministry. And there are times when we're carrying the ball and we see that's where it needs to go, right there. Are you open? I was going to throw these out into the audience today, but I'm realizing I might just dome somebody right in the face. So I, <laughs> I think I'm having a moment of discernment right now. I'm not going to do that. Um, But that's our role. You can expect your church leaders to do this. You can expect us to initiate the play. You can expect us to equip. The last thing that I want to talk about today, I really felt like we needed to talk about was this, is that one of the roles that you can expect from a church leader, you should expect from a leader within the church, is to protect the team. It's to protect the team. This is really, really, really important. On our football team, our quarterback was the team captain. There would be times when there would be bickering between players. There would be things happening in the locker room, and the, 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 the quarterback would walk in. And uh, I don't know what it is with football. You guys clue me in on this later, but grabbing people by the helmets, you know, and 
that was like a thing. So he'd grab somebody and say, hey, this thing between you two, it's hurting the team, cut it out. Or they'd say, hey, I, I, I know you can run harder than you're running on these plays. You need, and the quarterback would call out things in the culture of the team, whether it was people showing up late to our football practices or, or people having a bad attitude. He would call out things to protect the sanctity and the culture of the team. Why? Because what's the team supposed to do? This team is supposed to get on the field, grab this ball and move it down the field. That's what we're supposed to do. And anything that could creep in to keep this ball from moving further down the field is worth addressing. Anything. And so one of the things that we want you to expect from us as church leaders, we're looking out for you. We want to protect. First Peter 5 says this, shepherd the flock of God. One of the roles of the shepherd was, we hear in the story of David, was to kill anything and protect the sheep from anything that would come in to hurt the sheep and keep the sheep from moving to the pasture that they need to get to. That's the role of a shepherd. And the role of a church leader is to initiate the play, to equip the sheep for the work of the ministry, but also to protect. And what, what, what church leaders protect is this. Number one is the vision. And this is, this is a hard thing to do at times, but there are times when there are yeses and nos that are made in meetings or in calls and decisions we have to make for the church that are to protect the vision of the church. There's, there's been times where there's, over the years, I've been in ministry for about 12 years now, so not a super long time, but long enough to have many situations come about where there's a great idea brought to the table. Hey, we should do this. Hey, we should do this ministry. Have you guys heard of this kind of ministry? We should do this. And this is gonna be really good. And many times they're really, really good ideas. But there are some times where protecting the vision of the church means saying, that's a really good idea, but God's told us to go this way. And if we do that, it's not, it's a bad thing. It's just, it's gonna take us this way on the field and not this way. And we wanna go this way uh, with the ball that God's given us. So there's times that we protect the vision by saying yes and no to things. And there's other times where we protect the culture of the church. And culture is important. I always explain culture this way. Culture is vision plus response. So if there's a vision stated, the response of the people, the, the, the sum of that is, is culture. And there's times where there, we have a vision and everybody's yes and amen to the vision of where we want to go. But there are things within the body that are keeping the vision from being seen or manifested. And sometimes this comes in the form of passive aggressiveness and backbiting. Sometimes we look at a team and it's got an unhealthy team culture and it might be because of butting heads or relationship thing or maybe a lack of importance seen by the team. And sometimes as leaders, as spiritual leaders, you can expect this from us and you should expect this from us to step in and say, hey, there's something unhealthy here. What we're doing is really important. So I need to address these couple things so we can move this ball down the field. And that's the role of a shepherd. That's a role of a leader within the church. But I want to go back. I want us to go back to 2 uh, Timothy 2 through 4. 
we're going to kind of wrap up by looking at what Paul said. And this isn't just a uh, informational message. We all have walking papers within this. So listen to this one more time. You then, my child, this is Paul talking to Timothy, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Here's what I want to do before we wrap up. I want to encourage you with something. When we have an unhealthy expectation or an unhealthy viewpoint on what the role of a leader is within the kingdom, one of the things I talked about earlier is sometimes we can pre-disqualify ourselves from this process. When the truth of the matter is, when we look at our heritage in Acts, we see a healthy church is an active church and a church that's carrying the ball towards growth and towards reaching more people for the kingdom. So today, I want to do what Paul says to do. This is something, this is a ball that over the years I've grabbed many times and ran with. I know Travis and Jenica, our staff, our team leaders here at the Vine, they've got the ball and they're running with it. This is a group of people that runs pretty hard. But here's what I want to ask you to do. Would you step into leadership with us? Would you initiate the play? I don't know, maybe there's some of you out here, whether it's been as I've been talking over the last couple months or years, or I don't know what the Holy Spirit's been doing, what our coach has been whispering to you in private is, or what's going on there, but maybe he's been talking to you. Is there anybody here who the coach has been saying, get open? Because there's a ball that's going to be coming to you, and this is important that you grab it and you run with it, because you're the leader to own this. Would you initiate the play? If that's you today, here's what I'm going to get. I'm going to ask you to take a brave step today. If the Holy Spirit's been talking to you about getting open, don't leave today without talking to a leader. Talking to one of our staff members, talking to me, talking to Travis, talking to any, any of our leaders here at the Vine. We want to equip you. We want to set you as a part of the active body of Christ because the church is healthiest when the church is active. The second thing I want to ask of you is this, is would you be an equipper? Maybe there's those of you in the room who you're carrying a ball. You caught it. You got open. You're running with it, but you've been running the QB sneak for the last however many months. Maybe it's time. Maybe the Holy Spirit's saying, hey, he's getting open on this play. Get the ball in their hands. Get the ball into her hands. She's ready for leadership. Would you be an equipping leader? Would you be a leader that takes what's been given to you and puts it in the hands of the faithful people around you? And this doesn't mean that you step out of the game. This means you hand it to them so you're ready to receive again and run again and equip again. And the last thing I want to ask of you, church, body of Christ, Paul calls the church the pillar of truth. We have an important role to play in our community and in each other's lives. Would you step into church leadership with us and protect it? Would you protect the vision of this church? So sometimes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this because it probably will happen. There will be decisions that are made that you may not agree with at face value. 
there'll be times when it's like, man, why did they go that route? Why'd they do that? Uh, humans, okay, sometimes we make good decisions. Sometimes we, we don't always make perfect decisions. But no matter what, would you protect the vision and say, you know what? I'm going to stand by the vision of this church and I'm going to protect it. And I'm not going to talk about it behind the scenes with other people and say, well, I don't know what they were thinking on that one. I think if I was in charge, I would have done this. That's unhealthy. That will kill the culture of the church. Would you stand by the vision and protect it and be a protector that stands in the gap? And when you hear someone else do, saying that, I, I'm not speaking this out of inspiration, by the way. No one's been saying anything. I'm just, it's good information. If you hear someone else saying something like that, say, hey, I'm, uh, I, I'm just telling you, we need to stand by this vision. Stand by it, protect it. Second thing is this, is would you be a protector of the culture? Would you be someone that calls the best out of people? And maybe even at times has tough conversations to say, you're not being the best you can be. You got more in you than this. Church leadership is something in a mantle available to all of us. But I wanted to point out what you can expect from us as your current church leaders, the people in, in charge here at the vine that are running with the ball of the vision of the vine. Expect from us that we are going to initiate the play. We're going to equip you for the work of the ministry because that's what Peter says to do. That's what the scripture says to do. That's our role. And we're going to protect the vision that God's given us because there's some important work that needs to be done for the kingdom right here through this people, right here through you, right here through me. And we want to protect that, right? Let's pray. Lord, thank you. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your grace. That you were good to us in that you've handed us the ball of the gospel. And you're gracious to us that even when we fumble it, Lord, you still choose us as your players on the field. You're so good. Lord, I want to pray right now as, the, as we're, we're getting ready to shift into a time of worship. I just want to take, take a minute and pray over our leaders here at the Vine. Over Travis, over myself, over our staff, over our leaders who oversee teams, over people who are leading by just getting aggressive and being within kids' classrooms and within the youth ministry and are faithful to grab the ball of the gospel and run with it, would you strengthen us with the grace that is in Christ Jesus like Paul speaks to Timothy? Strengthen us to run with the ball. Give us insight on who's open and give us the wisdom to protect the vision and the culture of this church. And I pray over the people of the vine that we as a church would not be sideline participants, that we would get open and we would initiate a play in our, in our realm, in our world here in the church, that we'd run with the ball and we would be equippers of other people that call out the giftings and say, Hey, I think you're open for this. I think you've got this in you to catch this ball and run with it. And, that we would also be people who protect the vision and the culture. When this is working, Lord, it's such a beautiful thing. And we can move the ball of the kingdom just like the early church did, just like our forefathers in the faith, just like we see in our heritage in the book of Acts. We wanna move this ball forward for you and see more come to you every day. Help us to run with the ball of the gospel you've given us. And 
It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Well, that is it for today's message. We thank you for joining us. If you'd like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at thevinegoshen.org. We'll see you next time. Thank you.